Hello, Conversations with Dwyer listeners. If you are enjoying the podcast, but you want a little bit more, you can become a Patreon subscriber. And for $5 a month, you can get bonus content, bonus episodes, and a podcast that I create solely for Patreon, where I talk to comedians about the music that they like. And you get a pin that was created by Charlene Yee of the, the, the Conversations with Dwyer logo. So please, become a Patreon subscriber. The link is in my show notes under All Things Dwyer, or you can just go to themattdwyer.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, huh? The same opening I say all the time. (laughs) But speaking of music, that song that played me in was Give Me Time. That is from the album Sight Out of Mind by Evolfo. And my guest today is the front person of that band, Matt Gibbs. And this is a really great conversation. It's a really great band. And it's a really great album. And it comes out June 18th on Royal Potato is the label. Uh, All the links to that are in the show notes, so please purchase that. I heard an early copy of it, and I'll still buy it. I got a free early copy, and I'll still buy it because I think it's important to support music, and people pay pay people for their service and goods and work. There, I said it. Anyway, this is a great conversation with Matt Gibbs. it was a lot of fun. We, uh, I felt like we were old pals sitting around catching up or something. It's really great, and uh, he's a he's a great guy. And this is a great album, and it's a great conversation. Um, go to themattwire.com if you want to check out my social media and links to all other things. I mentioned the Patreon in the show opening, so you don't need me to hear me repeat that as I used to always in the opening. I've tried to um, free up my opening to be a little bit more focused on the band and say that you know. Evolfo, Brooklyn-based psych rockers, and they had a. This is their second album, and it's really great. The first album was also great, and uh, hopefully they're touring and they come to your town and my town because I would like to hang out with Matt Gibbs and continue our conversation. Um, we talk about uh, how could you not talk to a, a psych rocker and not talk about hallucinogenic drugs which I have proudly taken plenty of in my life, with pride. <laughs> Though I don't drink anymore. I'll, 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 I'll dabble in the mushrooms, but I don't drink anymore. Drinking. My grandfather used to tell me when he, I was a kid, he would give me beer, for starters, and he would tell me that drinking was good, clean fun. And he would take me to bars, and then I think this laid the groundwork for me thinking that, like having these nostalgic loving feelings for old bars and booze and missing my grandfather. And that culminated in years of reckless drinking and behavior. (laughs) So as much as I love my grandfather, bad advice to give a kid. Really bad advice to give a kid. Uh, Okay, that being said, uh, here is my conversation with Matt Gibbs from Evolfo. better define like what kind of person i am you know and i think i'm i'm like i'm like shy outgoing because i really love going out but i hate big crowds i'm just like one of those dudes i corner like one person and and we talk and talk 
rather than like thriving on big groups and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I quit drinking, uh, which, and then like, so I think that was what covered a lot of my social anxiety. And Mm -hmm. so that's, and you're talking decades of just getting really fucking hammered. (laughs) (laughs) So I could socialize. Right on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been there. Uh, tr- trying to crack open the social door on, uh, for myself, but it's, you know, sometimes usually when the, with the drinking, I'm like, I have this thing. I gotta, I usually gotta go home after a certain point And I can't, I, I never really get to the point where I'm like a super fun guy. <laughs> I, think. I think that's good. Um, yeah. You know, what's weird is I really, I think I tried like really hard to make Evolfo one of those bands, like, like Budos band or whatever, where getting drunk is like part of our brand. Uh, like early on when we were in college and stuff and it was so, it, it was so stupid. It was always so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. It just never was sick. I don't know. Budos band, like they make, you know, that band. Yeah. I didn't know they were, that was their brand. I just like know their uh, music. I mean, they're fucking sick musicians, so I don't want to like say that that's their identity or something ever, but, uh, like that wouldn't be fair, but they, they definitely like are serious about their drinking. They're always notoriously drunk stage presence. That just seems, you know, like hard to, if you're doing a show a night, like, I I don't know if you're in your twenties, yeah, you could drink like that. And even part of your thirties, but after a while, it seems like it would affect your performance. Oh yeah. I think I, I mean, it must. Yeah. For me, it does. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm just, yeah. Mostly singing. I just like my voice turns into just a husk of smoky <laughs> husk in, in a bad way. Smoky would seem good, but it's not with me. It's, it's like, weird. is that kind of, does those, I don't, I want to, when you start a band and you get in, like, do you, is there that like allure to be like, Oh, I'm going to be the party. Because I mean, there is that even the world I entered into, there was like this hard drinking, like be a crazy person. And it's like, after a while. <laughs> yeah, Dude, totally. I mean, I, I fell into that trap super hard and I thank, thank the Lord that like, I met people like Rafferty who are like, who is kind of helps me with a lot of, he's another one of the Evolfo guys. Um, but like, yeah, just like that, that, this, that smoke and mirrors kind of got removed really like a little while ago in our band, you know, but I definitely like, I I think it was my musical role models got me thinking that, you know, like I loved when I was in high school and middle school, I loved like Gogo Bardello and stuff. And that's definitely like (laughs) drinking is their brand, you know, like in being fucked up party gods, whatever. But I just realized like, I don't know. I, I don't think that that's, some, yeah, I realized I was doing that on purpose or like working too hard at that. And it was corny in the end for me. I do, I do drink and I like to drink on stage sometimes a little, but like, I'm not, I'm not no longer am I like, it'll be sick if I'm so drunk for this performance, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's a, a, a lot more fun to be on the the drunk guy than the person in the audience because like rare like i've seen i'm trying to think of who i've seen not that i would be but you're just like oh man like this fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude yeah i know what you mean I've, I've i've seen a couple man i'm kind of a sucker for the drama sometimes though i won't lie like um cake played hardly strictly bluegrass festival one year and i saw that and the dude i forget, I forget the front man's name but he was just like 
he was just ranting and I, in the crowd was just like, I can't remember. They were like shell shocked and angry. And I, but I was like living for the drama for some ridiculous reason. I was, <laughs> I also, I, his tirade would totally ripped. His tirade was like kind of righteous. Um, he's I forget very he political on, on, or he was like on social media, like a very anti Trump and which, you know, yeah. I, I, that I can get down with. But if you're doing that at a show, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, guess what? Northern California is probably on board with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It got a little, I got a little out of hand, but I was, I was there for it. And the band, I like the band just kept going and like not a one of them. They weren't doing that thing where they're looking around, like who's going to stop him. They were just freaking rolling with it. Like, uh, giving him a sick bed for his rant. Yeah. I can't. Th- it's cool. Yeah. Well, God. Was he hammered? Or I just- don't know. Maybe, maybe just fired up. <laughs> I mean, I, I can rant on stage sometimes. It's not ideal. And definitely the, the band will start giving, like kicking me and stuff, you know, like <laughs> I, I can, but I never have anything to rant about. I'm never like, um, ranting about anything righteous. I'm always kind of just rambling. <laughs> I'm, Oh, you know what it is. I'm like going, hoping that something's going to fall out of my mouth. That's like funny. I'm just going, you know, it's just like, oh, it's going to, one of the things I say is going to like, it's going to make every, get everyone fired up and laughing. And I'm just like, Oh, but sometimes it's just on going and going. <laughs> I believe me. I, I, I can identify to that more than <laughs> it's like, yeah. and it's uh-huh. like, sometimes if you're in that world, you, you just, you could feel that you've the hole you've dug and you're just like, I got to keep talking. Cause that's the only thing to get me out of this and it's only getting you deeper. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I dig. I'm, I'm, I hole. I dig myself a hole often. Was there like with the drinking on stage, was there sort of a, a defining moment or series of moments where you're like, all right, this isn't clicking for me. I better. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we had, we got footage. We headlined this festival <laughs> and we got the footage and I think Kai, the like acoustic guitar player, tambourine player, uh, in the band, background vocalist, whatever, he was wearing like Daisy Dukes and a cowboy hat, and and it just was like it sounded and looked like we were just this shambles. And we all watched it together, and we were like looking forward to like watching the set all together. And like halfway through the set, we're just like. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Like, ah, uh, yeah. And it just came back to us that the crowd had not been like feeling it really that hard. I think we won them by the end out of sheer willpower, but man, the Daisy Dukes and the, in the, like, uh, the, just like, I also think one time I stood up and like clipped someone with my guitar while I was trying to do some funky move, like some cool guy guitar move. And I was just like, Oh yeah. All right. Got to be <laughs> in the zone for that. What was, was bluegrass and all that? Was that part of, I know the bluegrass festival isn't necessarily bluegrass because obviously right. cake isn't a bluegrass band. See how I deduce things. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm glad easy, easy. To it's called hardly strictly bluegrass or that exact. You got it. But, <laughs> but is, uh, obviously was, how did you get involved in that? Was that like something you, Oh, uh, like it's nepotism. <laughs> um, my, my, 
<laughs> my granddad was like the was the was the dude who like put it together and started doing it. Um, and I, as a young as a teenager, like I started working on building stages. They like let me join the stage crew. Um, and then every year I would ask if like my band could play and stuff. And and every year the talent buyer was like, if I just like let you do this, I would have no standards. Like, uh, like which was <laughs> such a great lesson. So. Uh, and it was like a sign that we were finally, once we like released an album and it was like, all right, you guys can play. And like, kind of when we defined our sound stopped, um, wearing Daisy Dukes on stage. And, <laughs> um, then, yeah. So then, uh, that, that's how I got, got into that. It was such an amazing experience. I've been to that festival every year since its inception. Wow. What year was the first one? Uh, 2001. Wow. And um, that was, it was called Strictly Bluegrass. And then it became hardly Strictly because they started booking like funk and psych and world and, and a lot of other stuff. So, yeah, I've noticed most festivals that are like the jazz festival in New Orleans. It's like, it's not jazz anymore. <laughs> it's like, for sure. <laughs> I wonder if that's just, is that just financials? Cause it's like pr- people are, I don't, why would that be? I don't know. I was well, going to guess. Uh, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass is completely free. I think it was more like a desire. It became more of like an American roots festival. Just like we want to showcase like stuff that's like, you know, a wider variety of music that feels very like uh, in the history of the United States or something like that. Uh, like You know, blues and jazz, stuff like that, um, which went right along with bluegrass. Um, there was a logical development. It really just was a lot of different interests coming together on the booking end. But at the, at new Orleans jazz fest, I think it's just cause it's such a huge thing. I would assume like they have so many slots to fill in new Orleans is still such a like port city for music. I guess I've been there once. Me too. It was a good show. Oh, you've been to the festival ones. I thought you meant the city yeah. ones. Yeah. I went to the fest once with, uh, I was a tour manager for a reggae band for like my, my twenties. So how, how, cause that's fucking a lot of, I mean, touring manager is that's fucking hard work. And cause I have several friends who do it and it's like long oh, yeah. fucking hours. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, dude, I was, I loved it. And for a few years it was like wanderlust satisfaction, you know? adventure all that and this band was pretty big so i was like as like a 20 year old i was going to be a like tour managing and on tour buses and stuff like that um which was so sick to me but yeah i just was disinterested in the reggae scene when it came down to it god i hope you don't watch this because i love my band still but i couldn't do the socal reggae scene i mean like i i respect most of it except the ones except the part of it that has like you know, I don't know. There's there's some overlap with some like kind of conservative politics, I guess, in that scene, which is so wow. surprising. Totally. I mean, I don't know. I just I just see it on on Facebooks and stuff. But uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I can't I can't remember where I was going with that. It was a great experience as a twenty year old. I just I loved that they wanted me to do it. I was so excited. Like, Had you done it before? No, I, I was like interning for this reggae label, Easy Star Records. The band was called the Easy Star All Stars. Um, and yeah, I'd like gone on the road with them as like a 19, 20 year old of doing merch. And then their tour manager moved on 
to tour manage um, Charles Bradley, and I got the gig to to tour manage Easy Star. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, different world entirely around from what I like I'm doing now. But it was a deliberate choice. I was like, you know, I was never going to fit into that reggae world with my music, which is when I, I at a certain point I was like, I don't want to go on the road unless I'm stepping on stage now. You know? Yeah, I was when you first started touring. And working at the festival, did you know that you wanted to start a band and have a band or were you just sort of like still searching and figuring it out? Um, so I've always had a band and like, it's always definitely been, this is what I want, you know, like to write music and be in a band specifically. Um, so I've always known, I guess at a certain point I was telling myself, I'll just be grateful if I can get any gig in the music industry and I had just a different understanding of the music industry back then. I think I still thought like, Oh, I want a record deal. And, and like, there's like, I can lead a comfortable life working at some record <laughs> label or that indie labels have any money <laughs> or something. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It was a little bit more about like, I was interested in leading, leading a comfortable life or whatever. And then I realized that that if that's what I wanted, I should go do something else, you know? Um, and, and what I really want is to like, is to perform and write and write music, perform my music and, and collaborate with other music people. Cause that feels, I mean, that's, that's everything to me, like in my life, you know, this, this may seem like a basic question and I kind of, I've never asked this, but like, what, what about being in a band mm-hmm. was initially appealing to you? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just the camaraderie, you know, it almost goes along with the conversation about like partying on stage. It just like, it feels so good to have a community and music is such a bond, deep bonding experience that finding people who you can go there with and, and like write lyrics with and stuff and sing with is like, it's so vulnerable. Um, I'm still like, like my band Evolfo is like one of the only people I'll really like, be like, here's my songs, you know, and sing them and play them for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it was a personal, it's a lot of personal reasons why I did it. It's very like enriching experience to have a group and therapeutic experience to have a group of people to play with like that, you know, was there something perhaps in the communities that you were, involved in prior to the bands that you felt like you just were missing something? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, with the reggae, for example, I just, I love reggae, but like the scene and what people are doing now in reggae just doesn't interest me. It literally was a matter of like personal preference. I'm not going to say what they're doing is bad whatsoever, like, um, in terms of the music, uh, but it's not my thing at all. Um, it's yeah. I, I love reggae, but I love like rockers, roots, reggae, stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> was there anything that once you got involved in, in your band or any band prior, mm-hmm. or is it always been Evolfo? Cause I know you like yeah. started it sort of in Northern California, went to Oregon and Boston. Yes. It is fucking hitting all the coasts. <laughs> yeah. You got it though. Oh man. I can't believe you've got the trajectory. It's yeah. I, I will grew up in the San Francisco Bay area and I started the band in high school. Um, like, and it was called Evolfo Dufet at the time. Um, which is the food of love spelled backwards. Uh, and then I went to college in Boston and I got kind of this group together. That's where this group got together. Um, 
but I wouldn't say we knew we were going to like do this as much as we have now that we're like all like round in the bend towards 30 and we've been playing like, you know, basement parties and stuff together since like 2010. Um, but yeah, the band I'd say it was around last, the acid Cowboys, 2016, we were like, Evolfo is, is a band and we're going to, you know, we're going to get together regularly and, you know, have a good time. Try to get on tour. Try to get on tour. On tour. On the road. I just, when I spoke, I couldn't hear you because was, what did you go to school for in Boston and why Boston? Uh, do you like Irish Irish people? <laughs> I'm an I'm for, uh, Irish guy from Chicago, so it's very similar cities. I love Chicago. Um, uh, so I we went to school. A couple of us went to Berkeley, school which generally, yeah. Did you finish? We don't boast about. I did, yeah. Which is like that precludes my career. If you finish Berkeley, you don't have a chance. You got to drop out. <laughs> Everybody I know, I have a ton of friends who went to Berkeley and they've all dropped out. And I'm, I, I think you're the first I've talked to who's finished. I'm such a fucking goody two shoes. Yeah. I, yeah, I finished. I did it. I even, yeah. And I, it was, I'm not going to say it was like bad or something. Was it necessary? I don't know. But I, I did need all like, you know, the band was kind of a direct, what it is now is a direct result of having been there for several reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was going to thinking of going to school, it was, that was literally, it was between going to Berkeley or just moving straight to New York and like starting a band. What, um, what is it? Why is New York is still so appealing for bands? What, what is, yeah. is that? Cause I, I don't know. Like I lived there uh, around the two, 2000. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm fucking old. I don't know if you just put that <laughs> together. <laughs> you don't look like it. I swear to God. I could have. Yeah. I've I done a lot of drugs and drinking and <laughs> I should look like a leather bag, but I don't. <laughs> oh, like Iggy Pop, I was just reflecting one time I hugged Iggy pop and he felt like a silky leather handbag. <laughs> yeah, gonna... Like Dave, Jake Johansson. What's his name from the New York Dolls? David Johansson. Oh. Um, Jake Johansson's a comedian from the eighties. I don't know why. But the singer from the New York Dolls, he looks like he looks like a handbag. Like yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that dude. Yeah, he died a couple years back, right? Oh, I, can, I don't know his name. Yeah, the only one I can think of is Billy Dolls because he's in the Bowie song, uh, the Bowie song "Time." Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <gasps> great, great song. Crack, oh, I know, uh, oh, no, the song. I don't know. Okay, yeah, he's he, there's a line about Billy Dolls who died, I think, like in the seventies or something. Wouldn't it be great if I had a music podcast and I knew nothing about David Bowie? <laughs> <And> what, <laughs> yeah, my bad. What a thing. <laughs> How did you meet Iggy? I, mean, I think, oh, I, I jumped on stage. I actually posted this to our Instagram recently. I like, during his 60th birthday at the Warfield in San Francisco, I was 16 and I jumped over the barrier and I jumped on stage with him. Um, and he like, he like, like got me in a headlock and like Mott, we like jumped around the stage a little bit. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. He didn't hit you with his guitar. Like Keith Richards did to that dude. No. Well, he actually, he had been like, come on, oh. get up here. Like with, with, a, with the whole crowd and like I, a bunch of people tried to jump and the security were like shoving people back. But I like leapt from the barrier <laughs> onto the stage. I was so, I would never, I don't think I'd do it now. Like it feels like, yeah, I don't, Oh, it was it was awesome though, and I, I respect him for you know doing that, inviting me up there. 
he uh, yeah he was playing around before a little bit before the pandemic, and some friends of mine saw him, and they're like, "You wouldn't know the guy's like in his seventies. Like it's just yeah. he's as aggressive as ever." <laughs> yeah, I I totally I totally agree. It's so it's so insane. He's just made of putty, man. Dude does never. <laughs> I wanna. He needs to have a fitness podcast or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never been able to achieve any sort of muscle tone at any age range. And I'm like, well, it's never going to happen. Like, but he's, he, he seems to have more than he used. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. I don't understand. And he's posing naked for people. And, you know, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. I don't know if you saw that. It was in a museum, like in New York. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And what I dig is he still keeps in touch with, uh, like he's a huge fan of, uh, the death Valley girls and he like pushes tons of newer bands, which is really, he's in a death Valley girls video, which is really cool. No way. Wow. I haven't seen that. That's so cool. It's just a, it's a recreation of a Warhol film and he, do, and I guess he really showed up and just like, was like determined to 100 to do it 100 correct like not like half-ass it he's like i'm gonna do it just like the fucking movie <laughs> fuck yeah dude that's amazing i um yeah i love death valley girls i've seen him doing shout outs for people like for for various bands and stuff him and henry rollins out there helping helping young heavy bands like get a come up it's so cool are you guys surprised because i feel like you have well you're about to have your second full-length album out Cause I feel like you're did like for a new band, you're pretty present. Am I wrong in that? Um, or am you I just, mean like success wise or something? Like I would say you're very pretty well known for a band that has one album out and it's got a ton um, of press and, and I yeah, feel like there's a lot of heat coming from this new album. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling really grateful that we got ab- about all of the, attention and like streams we got off of that first record like it was our really our first shot and it just like definitely caught on with some people and i'm still like i'm at this point though where i'm insanely stoked anytime anyone's like i know your music i'm in no way am i feeling like am i not totally thrilled to meet people who actually know our music and stuff still um yeah, it's hard to tell. It, it, to be perfectly honest with you, with this new record, like I'm, I'm hoping it'll proliferate further. Um, I just feel like, like the video we put out, that "Give Me Time" video. Um, By the way, thanks. Um, Ella Holmes, the guy who did the art on that, it's just like he gave us. He like did something so real for us. Like I really want to see people watch that video and 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 connect with that because that's like. I don't know. He just put something, it's almost scary. Like the, the realness he put into that video to me. Um, but you know, we're giving it an honest try for sure. And we got a great and awesome team with Kevin from Royal potato family. Um, and Cody, Cody DeFalco, our like PR guy. And I've friend. dealt with Cody a few times. I've really liked him. How's it yeah. feel this to be in that space between your, like your album hasn't come out Are reviews starting to happen or is that like, is that just this weird sort of, I don't know, for lack of a better words, anxious or exciting. Like you're like, how are yeah. you feeling in this nebulous sort um, of time? I'm, I'm scared. It's going to get, I'm, I'm like, I'm apprehensive. I'm, I'm apprehensive. It's going to be, we're not going to get like, um, as many review, like the reviews that we're hoping for, I guess at this point. Um, but 
a few people are like signed up to do some reviews and I'm just freaking stoked every time I see someone like, yeah, we're going to like write up the album. I'm like, okay. I just, you know, it's so weird. Now I sound like I'm pining so much after press or something, but I, I, I just want to see, I just want to see the album get out there and just cause, um, cause it feels, it just feels right. And it took four years to make. <laughs> yeah. I was, I've read some stuff about that. And yeah, what, when was the first album came out in 2000? Did you say, when did that come out roughly? Uh, 2006, right. 2007, 2017. Was yeah. there a reason it, were you just being a perfectionist or was there other elements playing into that? Um, I guess the, it was like, we were kind of like taking time to, uh, make sure we, you know, we weren't just trying to follow up the first album quickly, you know? Um, and even during the first album, we were finding our connection as a group rather than, uh, me and Rafferty bringing in all the songs that we do and just being like, you know, play it like this, a lot more exploration in the studio. And I, yeah, we had some growing to do before sight out of mind, this new record. Um, and yeah, we were just taking our time for sure. It would have been out a year ago. I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, um, but I didn't mind the time because that's how we got to collaborate with El Ohms for the video and Robert Beatty for the album art. And so the time was good. Yeah. I was, I was curious if he stalled it, which is cause the timing seems good. Cause then yeah. things are loosening up and I've been seeing people starting announcing tours, which mm. I can't wait to, are you probably, it, are you going to announce a tour soon? We're going to try. <laughs> we don't have, um, I mean, it's so weird. I feel like I'm telling you like everything and blowing our mysteriousness, like blowing the mysteriousness wide. But I mean, we don't have a U.S. agent and I, and I don't, I don't blame them, you know, like, um, we're like a close crew and we're never just going to be like, Oh yeah, we'll do this one as like five people. Like we just, we can't, we can't do that right now, you know? So I don't blame agents for being a little like wanting to see where things go with us. Um, but yeah, we don't have one. So I book all the shows and I, and I do have some stuff coming up. We'll definitely be, I'm thinking we're going to be on the West coast. If all continues to go well, uh, in November, 2021, we got like some, some festivals and stuff coming together out there. Has it been uh, hard to keep because your seven piece, mm-hmm. has that been hard to keep sort of, uh, the same people around or, um, no, actually it's been the opposite. that's cool (laughs) it's like i just said like and i i freaking my bandmates are my they're my family you know um so i don't mean this in any sort of like disrespectful way to them but here's how it works it's like like i just said we can't we we've had some really amazing opportunities come up but people are like i don't want a seven-piece band stepping on stage before us you know like and so i and i just have to be like i'm sorry we this is like what we do you know um just because we're a family, it's not right to say to somebody like you have to sit it out. So I'm lucky in that everybody like wants to be a part of it all the time. You know, it's more of a problem if somebody can't make it, you know, um, and then, and then it's a bummer. We have to do something without them. Was that when you put the band together in Boston, was that the initial vision of like to have a bigger band? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I came like at the time I was forming the band, I was just obsessed with like Parliament Funkadelic. And, um, and like I said, 
Gogo Bordello. I mean, that ship has sailed with me. I, 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 I even hesitate. I, I'm telling you everything, man. This is um, because I, it's been so hard to part with that because we were just like playing parties and stuff and we were just like playing hard funk. But I always wanted to have a big band. I think it's awesome, you know? Yeah, and, you started off playing more funk, right? Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what made you steer away from that? Because I was always... And how were you guys as a funk band? <laughs> well, no, because we I come from Chicago where there's like, there's a lot of like blues bands and mm -hmm. uh, about a handful of them are good. <laughs> Not to say well, you guys weren't good, but it's like, there's a dude on every corner playing blues and you're like, all right, you play blues. <laughs> dude, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, we play with this dude named Ben Pirani out here. A couple of us play in his band. Are you familiar with him at all? No, I'll look that up. He did the Windy City Soul Club. He was like one of the DJs on the Windy City Soul Club. I don't know, he's awesome. He was a hardcore punk out there though. And now he's like on Coal Mine Records doing groovy stuff. Anyway, just a Chicago connection. Uh, we were like a good funk band. We got, we had, we played way bigger shows as a funk band and way more hype around Boston. We were like, uh, and got some, like just played some big stuff, but we were also like college students and we were young and, and fun. And now we're like, now we're like turning 30 and we're super pretentious and it's do you really consider yourself pretentious a little bit i guess <laughs> i got a very flowery vocabulary <laughs> i don't know i i don't know who i just talked to this about but i was like pretentious isn't necessarily like that's striving for bigger things i don't think like it has people say it have a negative connotation about it but i don't think it's a negative thing yeah um because no, i don't I, see I you like spewing you're not sitting here spewing jean paul sartre like you're better than me <laughs> <laughs> you're right i couldn't even do that you know what i don't even i don't even know i just always i just always assume i just i'm very sensitive to like musical elitism or something you know or i'm like like scoffing at people for not having heard of things or something like that. Cause I've always hated when that happens to me. Um, so I'm sensitive to that a little bit. Do you feel like, uh, cause <clears throat> that's an interesting, cause that's something I think about a lot. And it's like, when I was younger, I lived in a, I was in a creative community where people were like the two questions they ask you all the time was what are you reading and what are you listening to? Mm. And it was more of an invite to be like, let's discover things opposed to now where, or, there is, was this phase of like, if you don't know everything, you're, you know, like you get belittled for it. And it's like, first of all, I can't fucking know everything. And you're yeah. discouraging curiosity, which is the worst thing on earth to discourage. <laughs> so, yeah. And you're, then you're also just encouraging people to be full of shit because they don't want to be wrong. It's like, I don't know. I don't like, I didn't know that guy you just mentioned. And there's, yeah. and I had that initial reaction where I was like, ah, oh, fuck. But then I was like, no, <laughs> now I got something to go listen to. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Uh, dude, no, I, I feel you. I like, I like what you said though, about, um, you know, like an invitation to like learn something about something you don't know. That that's, that's like when I'm with talking music with somebody, that's what I, that's what I want. Cause I want to know new shit. And like, it's just, that's, that's just the ultimate riffing i think i'm going through this phase right now though where i'm realizing like just because you connect with somebody on like music or tv 
doesn't mean you're like destined to be best friends forever. Um, you know what I mean? That's it's used like, to be how I chose people I dated. It was like, oh, we like to say music. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I have to stop thinking that like every girl who likes something I happen to be into right now is like my soulmate. It's a really interesting issue. I've um, made th- that I'm laughing so hard because I've made, I've made the same mistake. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, Oh, we like the same bands. Wait a minute. Why are you fucking people when I'm at work? <laughs> it, it just, it has no bearing on somebody the way somebody is, you know, like sick music taste is not necessarily, I think it, it definitely like, it's likely you're a thoughtful person, you know, like if you care about what you listen to and you're constantly searching, you know, that's a sign that somebody's going to be probably somebody I'll get along with, but it's not a sign that they're like this perfect, like just like immaculate tower of a, of a human, you know, like I have this way of, of, of putting people on pedestals, I think for sure. Yeah. And Mark, uh, Marco Rubio likes NWA and that means neither of us could date him. oh man yeah dude that's the thing i mean like there are so many people out there i hate oh man that's not true hate (laughs) too much but like you know these politicians who are like i don't know i kind of hate those guys yeah man i mean they really got into my world and i resent having my world invaded so hard by these dudes i'll never meet who are just spewing such hateful filth like, uh, and they, and we probably share some bands in common that we like, like the freaking beach boys almost played Trump's inauguration. Remember that? Yeah. But not Brian Wilson, not Brian Wilson. Cause he's, <laughs> he's, uh, but yeah, I mean, Mike love, what else is new? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like with the create with, and maybe I'm being idealistic, but I feel like in earlier times, like people were drawn to art and music and especially like more underground stuff. There was sort of uh, a life code for lack of, uh, or, and like in a, so I think there was like that, that what you were saying, like, Oh, they have, there's, they have sensitivities towards the things I have sensitivities towards because they like this music. But now it's like, I don't know. I feel like that has changed a lot. And I, it's like, you know, fucking jagoffs like uh, the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. I mean, I, it's like, Definitely something has to have had changed, you know, like, um, I still, I'm constantly meeting people that like blow my mind. And I love talking to them about music and stuff. So I have no shortage of like, of people in my life where it's a very healthy system of discovery. But then I meet people who are just like, they, they're absolutely musical elitists and they just, you know, maybe for, maybe there's a practical reason in their life. They don't have time for somebody who hasn't heard, who doesn't know how much, this like rare psych record is worth on discogs, you know, like I don't, it's there, that could be, there could be a practical purpose for that in their lives. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of these people are like, they have some sort of, you know, they're playing shows or whatever. So they kind of have to, they kind of have to watch out like who's trying to be their homie just because they might, cause they're at ch- chasing after an opportunity or something, you know? Yeah. I don't want to hang out with that guy. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to feel shitty. It's like that. I don't, I don't know. That's not, how do you, what, what are some of the things you're into now? Like what have, what have you been discovering that you, that you wow. can condescend and ridicule me for not knowing? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I like, but let's see. I mean, I can tell you what I'm into, but then I'm going to blank on like every artist. I do I'm, the same thing. Um, but let's, let's see here. 
I mean, we've been on this Brazilian sidekick for a really long time. Oh, cool. Sort of Rafferty started that by showing, I mean, it's like the basics I'd say of the Brazilian psych stuff. Um, that we're getting into, but yeah, Osu Tantes like started blowing my mind. And then Rafferty brought us Club da Esquina, the like Milton Nascimento record. Um, the Milton Nascimento, Milton Nascimento Lo Borges record. Um, yeah. So like the heavy and a lot of heavy psych stuff, the like loud and raucous stuff, as well as the more like pretty stuff and the Samba stuff. Um, Novos Bayanos, things like that. So Brazilian psych is kind of what's blowing our minds in my mind. And I think the whole band is kind of feeling that a little bit right now too. Does, do those sort of, when you listen to those things, do they start influencing the way you approach music? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they're very directly, there's like a couple songs on the record that when Rafferty was blowing our minds with this, like with the Club Esquina stuff, um, we were like, I started being like, damn, we should try some nylon string. It was like at this moment where we could still put in like some and like, and like make it fun, you know? Um, it was definitely like starting to open my mind to new sounds. And there was like specifically an intro to one of the songs. I remember being like, let's just like do this, like a fun nylon string part um, instead of what we had, which was all electric or whatever, uh, which I'm like, I don't see any reason not to do that stuff all the time. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're being genuine, it's coming from a genuine place, not a desire to be like, Oh, look, I know about this. Yeah. It's, I, I always, I'm, it's a common theme, I guess, in my shows, like genuine, the thin line between being genuine and like faking it. And it's like, you can't, you can't bullshit it. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. Like you can look at some band photos and just go, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or any kind of like actor comedian. You're just like, mm, no, you don't, you don't know it yet. Do you? Damn. I, that's so, that's so true, dude. You're like, it, it, I always forget that you got to trust your instincts too. You know? I mean, I'm always happy to be wrong about something, but like the number of times where my instinct has been like, this isn't quite on, you know, it's not, it doesn't quite have the thing. And I can't tell you why, but I can just feel it is like, is, is like something that I need to trust in myself more. It's wild. And sometimes it's not something that can be verbalized. It's because I was writing with a guy years ago and I, he, I was just like, I don't. And he was like, you have to be able to tell me why. And I'm like, no, I don't. I just don't feel it. Like maybe that's hippy dippy, whatever, but I didn't yeah. feel it. And I, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, oh, Peter. <laughs> Peter, you listening? Um, uh, do you think that, cause somebody said this to me and I don't, uh, that, that, that there's like this sort of resurgence in psych and psychedelic stuff to that. And it's partly connected to that mushrooms and LSD of which I'm thrilled about having come making a come. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I microdosed over the weekend. I'm not gonna. That's not an admission. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, do you think there is a connection between that? Uh, yeah, I think it. There's. It's not like some arbitrary. I don't think all like me and all of these other bands are just arbitrarily being like, we're trying to do a psych throwback just because we want to be cool. You know, like uh, I think there's like a there's definitely a connection between like what's going on. Uh, even with like global politics and stuff and why people are drawn to psychedelics 
you know. Um, and like some of the themes of our of our record, you know, um, like escapism, like wanting to like have a place you can check out, even when you don't have a physical place you can check out, you know, just and check in with yourself and how that's therapeutic. Like, I think that's all very psychedelic, um, in the, in the most traditional sense, you know, mind, mind manifesting. It's, it's like, you're sort of, it's both therapeutic and, um, you know, exciting, adventurous, fun. It's like, it's this great thing. I think introspection is being encouraged. It's just, I think it seems crazy to the vast majority of people nowadays. I hope it seems crazy to the vast majority of people that psychedelics like just are flat out not allowed, you know, um, because it's ridiculous. We're just like shooting us, the human race in the foot by not allowing people to have these experiences, which really open your mind and help you connect with yourself. So you can, you know, reconcile with reality. Yeah, I have, I mean, I did it when I was younger, I did a ton of mushrooms and acid and did like Carlos Castaneda exercises and all kinds of shit. And it's like, I don't, regret like all of it was great and i think that carried with me today and i'll i'll still eat fuck yeah (laughs) yeah dude i i'm like um i i feel completely the same way so i i prefer mushrooms because they're a challenge you know like i don't necessarily i spend like 50 i spend like 75 percent of the time on mushrooms just freaking out you know but i never regret it it's always like it's always it's wildly unpleasant. I'm not going to pretend it's like all fun and rainbows and, and, and freakiness, but it's like an, it's an incredibly therapeutic like experience. And to me, it's, it's just beyond like, Oh, I'm just doing this for fun. You know, acid's great too. Um, but I can think myself into a really good headspace if I need to on acid, but, but I don't think it's been as therapeutic as mushrooms for me. Yeah. Mushrooms are what sort of things do you freak out about? Oh man, mainly like just freaking out, just thinking about it. Uh, I'm just, I have anxiety, you know, um, like I have a lot of, um, it's this idea that I might, I think it's kind of always tied in with the, like, I'm going to kind of, I'm never going to get back from this. Um, like possibly going insane, which is scarier to me than like, Oh, this is going to kill me. Like the idea that like, I'm dying is a little less scary than like I've gone mad and I'm never going to be able to think straight again. Um, but I think that part of the deal is like overcoming that, like realizing that not only are you not this like meat body, you know, like this, uh, you're also not your thoughts, you know, like you there, there's like, there's a, there's a deeper thread there. And that like, if you can get over the fear that you've like lost your mind and that that's some horrible disaster, I think that's gotta be really good for you in some sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've this, it's been a long time since I've like hard, hard tripped on mushrooms or something, but there is that L where I'm like, cause you feel your head get cluttered over time and like bullshit starts getting in there from, you know, God knows what, but bullshit. And I'm like, I need to go like to a cabin by myself, eat a shit ton of mushrooms and do some house cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's perfectly fine. And I think it's just such a fucking shame that like they have to be regarded as this deadly drug, like the same as, as narcotics or what are the same as opiates, you know, like that's, that's just to me is such madness. It's not fair. 
Um, no. I mean, if Colorado's they're legal in Colorado, I, they might be legal in Oregon. I'm not sure, but they say, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, why? Come on, California. That's where I am. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, I hope so. I guess. I. I mean, it's. It should. Uh, I hope it always comes to this idea that it's. It's not just an experience to like get an, an excuse to get fried out of your mind. You know, it's like you're meant it can do great, great stuff for you. If you're like, if you're really opening to the experience, uh, in, you know, so not as a party drug or whatever, I've taken I've, them at parties too, but yeah, I've taken them at party, but I've always, it's never, it's always, even if it starts off of party time, it always evolves into like hmm. the other day I was wondering though, I was like, if a conservative takes, cause like we start taking mushrooms and we're like, everything's interconnected. Do they start, do, does a conservative start going, we need more borders. Yeah. More borders. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I unfortunately like, I don't hold much hope. I had this, it was like a joke, but I was also serious. I was like, damn, I want to start the like dose Congress hashtag, you know, like, um, but, uh, I'm putting that, that in the shows. Oh, sure. Yeah. Go for it. You can have it. I mean, because at this point, most people, a lot of people have just been like, just get reality check. Like, it's not going to work. They're going to just, I don't know. It's not a cure all. I wish, though, you know, you got to believe. I mean, maybe some of them, because I feel like some of those guys are just built up anybody in that world because it's like it's all you've just built up walls of fear like why do you why do you hate gay and trans people what do you like you're just afraid of something you're afraid of something within you oh man yeah they've got a lot of like i mean the the there's a lot of like um you know boogeyman on that side they they're 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 afraid they've been made to feel afraid of like groups and people like that are the least of their worries you know it's, yeah. it's like, like uh, everyone complaining about like, Oh, the, the, this immigrant influx is like the biggest problem we've ever had in the ever of all time. And I, and it, they're just like, these people have never had a problem with immigrants themselves. Like, like, you know, they, they, it's, they've just been told it's a problem, you know? So I can see, you know, maybe you can start to like look through the lens of your own life a little bit. If you take some, psychedelics and start thinking about yourself and not you know in a in a therapeutic way sounds yeah. kind of self but i'm gonna give my mom some mushrooms <laughs> oh man uh i want to yeah. speak since we're speaking sort of in and symbolic means uh, or ways uh is you don't always bust out the gold speedo that's that, a very rare. Is it, uh, is that symbolic of something? Like what is, or, or am I too in mushroom head now? <laughs> no, dude, you're, I mean, so it means a lot to me to be perfectly honest, like, because, um, because I am shy or whatever, like, damn, it feels, it feels like so good to do it. Um, it's, but, uh, yeah, but I only save it like, it's, it's like, I don't know what I'm thinking it is, but it's like a gift for the audiences that really, <laughs> my, my speedo body is, like, that sounds so, that's not what I mean. But the way but, you said it, you, we got it or I got it. Like it's, there's, it, there's, it goes back to that being genuine. Give it, give me a little something to work with up on stage and I will give you, I will give you the show. <laughs> that's my idea. Uh, how did that come up, come about? 
And is there's it, literally a practical reason, actually. Is it something you don't want to talk about? No, no, no. It's a, I, I just, I'm really proud of the fact that there's an actual reason. There was this venue, this DIY venue in Brooklyn we used to play. It was like our spot when we first moved to Brooklyn uh, called Aviv. And it was just... If there were, people could smoke inside. There were no windows. Um, it was like a hot box, like little warehouse. And I would come off stage like as it looked like I dove into a swimming pool. And um, and so I was like, I'm gonna just like wear my bathing suit for the next one because it's so it is. I it's like swimming. <laughs> and I, I I like I wore my speedo because I was like, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I knew it would be I knew it would be a thing, but I was also kind of like this is practical. Like I'm doing this <laughs> and I had such a good time. And I was just like a, like a sweaty, slippery fish up there. I was just <laughs> having a great time. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to my band that I do the speedo thing. I gotta like, I gotta keep in, I gotta get a communication going with them about that. Cause I'm not certain they feel great about it all the time. So, um, we'll see. Maybe they all need speedos. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I want them to do that. <laughs> I, would love I think it would yeah. be great if everybody had them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Maybe you can talk to them for me, please. Just, yeah. I, I uh, want to come to visit New York anyway. So, uh, I'll, I'll put that as thing number one after, and then, then I'll hit the pizza places I want to hit in Brooklyn. <laughs> Ooh, oh man, I'm gluten free. So I can't do the pizza. I don't, but... I'm, I'm, pretty much vegan except i have a pizza problem and i love making pizza so i i i on like maybe every two months i'll have a pizza i'll make pizza with cheese oh hell yeah but dude well i can tell you actually there's a spot right near me i'm in bed stuy mm -hmm. it's called saragina and it's got the banginest vegan and gluten-free pizza was I was going to ask you a question. You know, about on the Speedo topic, there was this interview with um, Gorilla Toss. Are you familiar with that band? Yeah. So the bassist used to like, I remember back in Alston, when we were in Alston, like outside of Boston, the bassist would like get naked every show or whatever. I don't even think that dude's in the, maybe he's still in the band. I don't know. Um, I like don't know them at all. I just went to see them in Boston. Uh, but yeah, like, but he gave it, they gave an interview about like, yeah, he's like, he's not going to get naked anymore. It's like, it was like a of the, like, they were like, we're done with those days. Like that was something else. And I was kind of like, oh, man, him getting naked was kind of like a mysterious fun, like this band's nuts kind of thing. I wonder if they it could probably lead to some legal issues. Mm. Like, you know, some clubs don't want, Balls, balls on the stage. You're right. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Never even thought it. Wow. It's crazy that that's because, you know, I mean, people got arrested for that decades ago. It's like, really? We still give a fuck about somebody getting naked on a, at an adult show? Like, who cares? Yeah, I don't know. 21 plus, no problem, I say. Yeah. 21 plus, yes. If it's a show, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I guess it may, I mean, it's not necessarily fair for like, non-consensual like nakedness to happen all the time um you know like no one should be forced into any sort of situation where somebody's like asserting like sexuality 
it or something like that if they don't want it, I guess. I don't I don't know. Something yeah, like that. No, I totally agree with but, that. But it's like if you go see the Black Lips, you're pretty certain you're going to probably see someone piss on stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, they got banned from... I remember in San Francisco, they got banned because of the show they did with King Khan um, at at the Warfield at the Fillmore they were it was like it's a notorious like San Francisco show maybe it's great American all all my friends were there they've gotten in trouble I know they had to scoot out of I forget what country but they went and like vamoosed from that country and stayed with King Khan in Berlin for a while because they I don't know what they I can't remember what they did but it was probably something like that taking out their dicks or something yeah they're big fans of that, it seems. Not so much anymore. No. I wonder if, yeah, well, they, you get as you get older, you don't want to take your... <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's, like, Freudian-based, too, in any of, like... Are you really just trying to prove something to your mother? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's an interesting question. What is with that? Iggy Pop did it, too. David Yao used to wrap it around his mic stand. <laughs> I never saw it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't get didn't get to see the jesus lizard until they were in oh, their man. 50s and they didn't do it he didn't do that anymore he was still a I'm lunatic not, though i'm not so familiar i have to i should that's something i should get into it sounds like he's i, I their early stuff is like albini produced and it's from that post-punk chicago scene he's one Sick. of my all-time favorite uh front men for sure and anything uh, I can, I don't know, I could send you some stuff on to listen to, or you could just discover it yourself. But he's, I love them. And his, I forget who the guitar player is, but very, like a lot of like jazz chords and it's not, it's very of its own thing. I, I, one of my favorites. Sounds sick. I, yeah, I got to get into it. It's like one of those things that I'm always like, when I'm in music discovery mode, I just forget to to check out. There's too, there's so much. I should have. Yeah. Damn it! I missed my opportunity to condescend you. Oh, <laughs> damn it! You can come. You you can do it later. Yeah, if you, you don't know it. Jesus Lizard, <laughs> and you're oh, in a man. band. <laughs> this call's over, man. <laughs> Actually, I do need to wrap it up. I gotta go pick up my kid from school. Okay. Um, and it, that's a what we did an hour, so that's usually what we do. Wow! Damn, that flew by, man. Thank you for a great interview. for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwire.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening